when I was a little girl, I come from Birmingham, and ELO comes from Birmingham, and there was a violinist who played a blue violin in the ELO, and I wanted to be that person. <laughs> I also wanted to be in the Love Temptation Orchestra with Barry White at the same age. <laughs> Power to Live More with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience. I'm Jo Dodds and I started this show to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean to do the stuff that they want to do more than the stuff that they need to or should do. It's about creating a life for yourself where you have the energy, health and space to be happy and fulfilled, spending your time as you'd like, whether that be at work, home or somewhere else entirely. That's your choice. Hello, my name is Ellie Jones and I'm co-presenter. And today Joe is interviewing Susan Heaton Wright of Executive Voice. Joe was introduced to Susan by Paula Gardner, a guest from podcast number two. She thought Susan would make a great guest for the podcast, and of course she is right. Former opera singer Susan uses her experienced knowledge and expertise as a performer to empower individuals and teams to make an impact with their voices and physical presence. Susan works with clients to ensure they are using their voices and body language to create a presence and to acquire charisma and confidence in a variety of business situations. A number of her clients have appeared on national TV and radio. Her clients include multinational companies, the public sector and local authorities. Susan is a regular speaker at business groups including the IOD and the Chamber of Commerce at conferences and universities where she has been a guest lecturer. She has appeared on BBC Two's Working Lunch and BBC radio shows as well as online radio show in US, in US and Australia and she regularly comp tributes to professional publications and the national press on speaking performance and skills back to the studio today i'm interviewing susan heaton wright of executive voice hi susan thanks for joining me thank you very much for inviting me to come on the podcast so why don't you start by telling us a bit about you what you do and where you do it well, I live in Hertfordshire. I live in a little village just north of Welling Garden City called Digswell. And I am a mother, a wife, an entrepreneur. I've got two businesses. I have a home office. And when I'm not working at home, I'm with clients. So I might be in their offices or we might go into a mutual place like a theatre or a studio to do work. Lovely. And do you have a, an actual office at home or do you tend to work Sorry. around the house? <laughs> yeah, I have an actual office. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's where I am now. Lovely. Lovely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so 
as far as getting organised when you're at home, I'm sure it's it's different when you ha- you have to be out of the house, um, as you say, for some of the time. But on a sort of normal office day, what what does that look like in the morning? Do you have a, a particular routine and, and way of getting set up for the day? Yeah, I do. Um, I get up with my son because he leaves for school at 20 past 7. So I'm up and around then. And what I've started to do in the last three months is go for a walk just to get some energy uh, up. And I will do anything from a 2,000 step walk to perhaps a half hour walk, which gives me about 6,000 steps on my, my Fit Watch, which is good. I also have a 500 milliliter bottle of tap water as soon as I get up because I'm always dehydrated after the after sleeping and I'll have my breakfast I will then go through what I'm doing that day and get going with my work mm-hmm. sounds like a very structured morning what about when you're leaving the house does does that vary <laughs> certainly doesn't my end <laughs> yeah, it depends on when I've got meetings or when I've got sessions with clients as to what time it is that I go. I will, um, if I've got an early, obviously I won't go for a walk. Um, but I, I do have a routine, obviously, putting makeup on and my work clothes as opposed to office clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's generally the same routine. Do you want me to go into that those details? If it's generally the same, it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> It's just interesting. I think sometimes, um, certainly for me, when I'm uh, at home, it's quite different to when I'm going somewhere else just because the timings change so much. But one of the things I've tried to do more recently is arrange things to be later so that I'm not having to change that morning routine too much, which I'm finding um, quite helpful. I like the idea of the walk first thing. I used to do that. I used to uh, drop little Dodsy at school and and walk home from there, which was um, uh, always used to make me feel good. But then I found I was... uh, sort of the, uh, the time when I could be really productive I was out walking <laughs> so I try and walk in the afternoon now so um so, so how do you then transition from that routine into into to work you talked about planning what you need to do do you do you have a particular way of managing the day and your time yeah. yes I use um a, you know the google calendar um so I've got some things on there and also I've got it, it sounds really posh an entre- entrepreneur's planner so I, I've got a hard copy of it, and it's got daily, weekly, monthly um, list making and things like that. And at the end of the day, I will write up the things I need to do for the next day and incorporate things that are in the calendar. So I can just refer to those and move them forward to the next day. So I'm all prepared for the following day. You're right, that does sound very posh. <laughs> so, <laughs> is that a particular um, process or something that you've that you've um, sort of studied with somebody or, or, or is it something no. you've created yourself? No, not at all. And being a creative, I need to have a little bit of structure in my life because I'll just go following um, whatever my thoughts are otherwise. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so you... I need to have that. So have you always planned at the end of the day for the next day? I've, I've, I've read quite often that that can be a really good thing to do and uh, I occasionally have tried to do it, but uh, to be fair, it, it doesn't really work for me. Is it, is, is it something you've always done? No, not at all. But I was looking into um, how to work more efficiently and to 
create some structures around how I worked. And that was one of the things that I, I read about myself. I can't remember where, and just tried it and found that it worked for me. Um, and, and also, on a Sunday night, I would just go through the week, the previous week, and see what worked, and then put down in the planner what's, what's due the following week. Mm -hmm. I've also um, got a huge whiteboard that I scribble things on. Yeah. And do you use that as a, a bit of a sort of an inbox for, for your tasks, the whiteboard? So you scribble stuff and then you transfer it into your system? I do. And also it's a way that I can remember um, ideas. Yeah. So thinking about the planner, so the daily, weekly, monthly, how do you then sort of make sure that happens? Because sometimes I get quite organized and organized you know, a schedule for the next day uh, and then something happens and I ignore half of it. <laughs> I still get the things done, but I don't do them when I say I'm going to do them. Do, do you actually time block or, or is it a list of things? I, there, are, there are times when I do time block. I found that um, if there's an, a, um, a proposal I need to do for a client or I'm, I'm writing a blog or, or doing my pod, podcast or even I've been creating some online courses, I will switch my phone to my call minder, switch all of my mobile phones and other devices off and just focus for an hour or so. And I need to do that. And I've even got a timer that if I want to do that for half an hour and I'll put that timer on and it will ring after 30 minutes and I know I focused completely on that task, mm. which sounds you know, a little bit strict, but it works for me. Mm. I use a timer like that sometimes to actually get me to start something that I'm procrastinating on. You know, that that big project that seems too difficult. I think, okay, I'll do 20, 20 minutes or 25 minutes of it and see what happens. <laughs> so, That's a really good idea. Yeah. And, and <laughs> more, sorry, Karen. Certainly I do block things off. But having said that, with everyday life and with clients contacting you requesting um, various bits of information that could mean that you get the booking or the, the, um, the work, you have to take a deep breath and say, right, this is the priority. Yeah. Uh, only, I think it was on Monday, I was speaking at a sort of mini conference at Hertfordshire University and one of the people there was a really big player in the events world internationally and he was the key speaker and he said that he always answers the phone which is a bit scary when you're in a conference with him but we'll move over from that but he will always take a call and he will always respond and if somebody says that they want a quote from something he will drop everything to make sure that quote goes straight away if they email him he'll pick up the phone and speak to them and he says that that is a game changer because people think oh gosh this person's really interested in having my work rather than procrastinating and think, oh, well, they're probably at lunch now, or, oh, it's a bit late to phone up, I'll phone up tomorrow, and by which step time he has engaged with the client and is further on in the process. Mm. So I, I think that was a really, really good message to me and other entrepreneurs that 
actually the client and actually getting that work um, is the priority. Yes, yeah, I think that's a really good point as far as prioritising those sorts of actions. I'm not sure yes. myself about answering the phone. No, <laughs> I was a bit, a bit scared about that. I mean, I think there is a time and place when you have to switch off the phone, such as when you're delivering training to someone else. The last thing your client wants is you jabbering away to another potential <laughs> client. But I suppose it's getting a happy medium. <laughs> yes, exactly, doing that in a pragmatic way. So yes. the one thing that I've always struggled with, with the idea of planning for the next day is that sort of finishing work at a certain time thing. I'm not very good at that at the best of times um, because I do like to have a, a flexible um, uh, way of uh, fitting everything into my life anyway. But do how does that work for you? Do you have a certain time that you finish and, and you do the planning and then you sort of close the office door or, or is it a bit more flexible? I try to do that. You know, having said that, there are occasions when um, I have to work later, but I do try to finish at five o'clock when my son gets back from work, from, from school. Mm. Um, but you know, it might be that he just wants to grunt at me because he's a teenager. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I might then go up and do a little bit more, but but I really do try to have finished by five if mm. I can. Mm. Yeah, so in some ways uh, having that sort of uh, natural end to the day, um, you know, helps, doesn't it, certainly at this end as well. I think it does, mm. yes. And and so you know, if, sorry. Yeah, no, carry on. If you were working in an office, there would be a natural time when people were leaving. Yes. And so you would look around it, unless there's a sort of crisis, and of course everyone's hands on deck, um, you would think, right, it is time to go home now. Mm -hmm. And then how does that sort of translate into the evening? You said sometimes you do do some work in the evening, but do you have a particular sort of routine to ensure that you are relaxing and really sort of taking the opportunity to, to not be working um, or is it just for quite flexible? It is flexible but I do like to have downtime. You know I, I like my family, I like my husband and my son. <laughs> That's <laughs> always a good thing. <laughs> Other than hiding in my office, mm. oh I've got work to do. Um, it, you know it, I want to spend time with them and also with my friends and doing other things so um, I've got lots of hobbies so I suppose because I live in a sort of creative bubble anyway I'm really excited about doing other things in the evening mm. yeah and as far as switching off you know sort of time to go to sleep time do you have any particular things that you do to to enable that to happen yes I do I um, I'm always reading a book and I tend to read fiction at night. Um, I also have a hot chocolate. Mm. <laughs> Not the high carb one. <laughs> and I, I can ask for hot chocolate in various languages. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Very yeah. important. Yes, yeah, and interesting. It's the fiction. I, I do. I read before I go to sleep every day, and uh, it's funny. I find the, the non-fiction is the stuff that sends me to sleep more quickly. If I read fiction, I quite often end up staying up later because I'm trying to read the oh. next thing. 
moment. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's finding a, a fiction book that's not too interesting, not too gripping, so that you yeah. you'll go to sleep on time. <laughs> so what about um through the day and um sort of tools and and apps and things that that you use to to help you to to better manage your time you sound quite organized with your entrepreneur's planner um but are there other tools that you use you mentioned google calendar what else do you yeah, use? I do use google calendar um i also have use capsule crm yes i don't know if you come across that i use it too yep ah uh, oh, right so you know that there's a task thing mm -hmm. so you can then put something in the task and then get an email the next day nagging you that you need to do certain things and you've got a choice either you ignore it or you act upon it. Um, I find that very useful and I find it a very useful way of um, tracking where I am with a particular client and the relationship how far it's gone. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I use the. I don't know if you use the uh, tracks where you can you can set up a, a sort of list of activity that happens for something, and then you can set that to happen automatically based on the date you've put it in or the date that something's due. So if I'm speaking somewhere, I, I I kick off the speaking track for that particular contact, and it will put in all the dates for confirming the speaking title and you know writing the the slides and um sending them to the people and and all that sort of thing um which i find useful and i, I have one for uh, writing guest blogs as well so if i've got a, a publishing deadline um brilliant idea. that is brilliant i'm going to have a mooch around my crm yes <laughs> my capsule crm and see how to do that? Yeah, so Brilliant. it's under cases. So you create a case, and then you can add a track, and you can set the preset the tracks with certain timings um, between them. And you can also have them dependent. So if there's certain things that you have to do before you can do the next bit, you can set that to to sort of uh, ping off as soon as you've done the the thing that has to be done first. So yeah, I find that really really helpful. It's very helpful. Until you ignore you a load of them, and then you've just got too many tasks outstanding. <laughs> And it's been nagging you every day by email. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I turn my notifications off as well. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. capsule, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely like that. Any, any others that you recommend? I have to use Asana. Yeah, um, I use that too. <laughs> but also, I love GarageBand. I'm a Mac fan, ah. and I I love my GarageBand. In fact. For for, uh, for proposals to clients, I now do a little mini podcast oh, wow. <laughs> for them um, to say, just to say, um, you know, I'd love to work with you. Having chatted on the phone about this, I think X, Y, and Z would be perfect for you for training. And it just gives a little bit of a personalized touch to the proposal. And because it's about speaking, it it marries perfectly with um, showing what I do. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, so how do you send that? Is it just a sort of MP3 attachment with your proposal? No, I store it in Libsyn. Yep, as a, as a, a proper podcast. Yep. Yeah, as an unpublished ah. podcast. I like that idea. 
Mm. And you've just reminded me, I don't think we talked at the beginning about what you actually do with your clients. You talked about going out and meeting them, but you didn't say what you did. And you've just alluded to it now. So now's your opportunity. <laughs> what do you actually do? Well, uh, my company is Executive Voice. And we train people to make an impact in the workplace through speaking, through body language, presence, being great public speakers, making an impact in meetings, stepping up and um, perhaps being the person that is going to be the spokesperson in the media, all of those sorts of things on the telephone. But when you use your voice, when you use your body, when you use your body language. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so I love the idea of, uh, of sending, a, as you say, a mini podcast and audio um, to potential clients. Might have to steal that one. Oh, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm not a Mac user. So Garage Band, what, what does that actually do? It's, it's like Audacity. Yeah, which is what I use. On only far, far easier to use. <laughs> now you tell me <laughs> excellent yeah it, it, it's yeah very user friendly and it's great fun mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. great so any other tools or apps or shall we move on um i mean i use asana if, if um if i'm working with somebody else um we will use that together right so that we track where things are going but now i've got i've got this idea of tracker within um, capsule I think that I might change <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you do you can have other users on capsule can't you so yes. I, I haven't used it myself collaboratively but uh, I guess you know there's a way to do that through through that but uh, yeah so Asana is as you say very much about collaborative working and they've just uh, redesigned themselves as well so it, it's um it's even better than it was um, albeit it's very flexible so it always worries me that uh, people can move things around and delete things um, collaboratively yeah. as well, which is uh, sometimes uh, a bit uh, frustrating. Uh, little Dodsey, my co-host, um, was in, in our Asana yesterday trying to uh, record one of the intros and suddenly thought she'd deleted a whole task with all the intro written on it, <laughs> but she hadn't. She just Aww. clicked on the wrong line, but... <laughs> But she, she maybe could have done it. I mean it does ask you I think in the old days when I used to use it to begin with it used to be that you could delete something without it you know kicking up much of a fuss but I think actually now to, to delete you have to actually specifically agree it's a two-step process so it's not as uh, as easy to you know mess it up as it used to be so there we go <laughs> so after all this this busy work and getting things done what sort of things do you do to relax well, I do exercise. <clears throat> I've got this um, fit, what's it called, um, VitaFit um, watch that mm -hmm. I've been using. And that's brilliant because it makes me focus that I need to do 10,000 work, 10,000 steps, not words. That'd be um, easy, wouldn't it, the words? I could do that. could <laughs> <laughs> do that quite quickly. Um, but, um, but I do exercise. I go to the gym three or four times a week in the winter. In the summer, I go swimming in a local Lido because I love swimming outdoors and go walking and I go bodyboarding when I'm down in Wales at our house down there. Mm -hmm. um, I do lots of sewing and crafty things and cooking. I love reading. I love going to the cinema and the theatre, all things like that. 
So lots of things. Lovely. I don't do any music now. You don't do anything? Don't do any music now. Music, don't you? Ah, so um, so people listening uh, won't know, but you were an opera singer. Um, yeah. So you don't do anything at all. That's interesting. Is that intentional or just because you haven't got time? Because it sounds like you do do a lot. Exactly. <laughs> I think I don't have time and I'm expressing myself creatively in other words in other ways as some people would say mm, mm. and I guess when you're a professional musician you 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 sort of are giving your all to something it, it, it's quite different to, to be doing something more socially and and not uh, you know if you think about professional sports people they probably still like to do sport but not in the same sort of way so as you say your creativity is coming out in perhaps a less pressurized way <laughs> Yeah, I think I think that's exactly right. That that I'm able to do other things and it's still fun. Yes, yes. Excellent. So lots of um good exercise by the sound of it and uh and doing some of the sort of getting out in the outdoors. What about eating? Do you have any particular sort of dietary uh things that you do or or you said you like cooking, so uh I like cooking. Um virtually all of our food is Home prepared, mm -hmm. um, which which is good, and I try and shove as many vegetables in as possible. Yeah, my son has well, my has my son has told people in the past that he's allergic to vegetables. So um, <laughs> so we have to make school, sure that the school or any organisation that he goes on trips with knows that he's fully capable of eating vegetables <laughs> with, with no problems. Um, <laughs> but that. yes, uh, um, but we eat five a day, make, um, fruit and veg, and, and make sure that the food is nice and healthy and things like that. Mm. I do have a sweet tooth. I, I put my hand up to that. I'm naughty like that. But I like to think in moderation. Yes, yes. I use um, xylitol <laughs> in my cooking instead of sugar now, which uh, always makes me feel um, a bit better when I'm eating the cakes and bananas and dates and things like that rather than lots of sugar uh, which yeah. uh, you know there are some good alternatives aren't there mm. dates I think is a, a really good idea mm. yeah it's funny on the vegetable one that reminds me of my my friend's daughter she uh, was going to to have tea at a friend's house and uh, afterwards my friend found out that she told them that she was vegetarian, <laughs> even though she's not, because she didn't want to eat any any of the meat that they had. I know. <laughs> uh, so funny. So, um, what about um, learning and and uh, sort of development? You sound like you do so much that, and and with the reading as well, I'm sure you're probably uh, thinking about sort of self improvement along the way as well. Do you have any sort of particular strategies or or resources or anything that, that you recommend about learning and improving yourself? Oh, I, I love learning. I love finding out more about things. Um, I, I think that you probably are the same. Always interested in new things, getting more knowledge. But I'm a member of the Female Entrepreneur Association, Carrie Green. I don't know if you've come across her. No. She's absolutely wonderful and she's got a membership group that well part of it is on Facebook but every month you get what's called a bundle and um, it, there will be a topic that they focus on 
and this month it is about creating a membership club which isn't of particular interest to me but a previous month was on webinars mm -hmm. another month was on creating systems for your business another month was actually on being healthy oh. changing the way that you um, sort out your day so that you do take a walk, that you think about what you eat, that you do have exercise, you do have enough sleep. Um, so it's really, really good. And I know that in January there will be a bundle on setting your goals for the year. Mm. Which, again, you know, really good stuff. And I've learned an awful lot. There's been one on Facebook adverts. Um, you, you know, really, really good stuff. Great content. Also, I'm a member of a mastermind group, which is a self-running one, and we every month one of us trains the others in something. For the last two months, it's been me training, and I've been doing things on podcasting because I've got a podcast, and training them up about how to record and, and lots of different things about... Um, how to structure it yes yeah that's been great for me to do but great for them they're all going to start doing podcasts as well as part of their marketing strategy we had um, a couple of months ago one of my colleagues did a whole session on LinkedIn mm -hmm. which again was fantastic and we do share our knowledge in that way um, yes I, I do listen to a couple of podcasts and um, you know read things there are often things on LinkedIn that are good I read the times every morning online and there are usually some good articles in that too yes yeah I don't know how you pack all this in <laughs> I thought well, I was I busy <laughs> I get up early and also my son's 15 now and grunts at me so um, he doesn't want me there <laughs> I was listening actually to um, a podcast earlier where they were interviewing um, oh, Jeff, I can't think of his name, that does the Miracle Morning. Uh, Jeff Sanders, isn't it? I think his name is. And they were talking about the getting up at five o'clock thing. And um, and I was just thinking, no. Um, but he was oh, saying, you know, yeah. it's about getting up to suit you. So, you know, it may be six o'clock or it may be seven o'clock, but it's it's about, you know, fitting in things before the day starts and the guy he was talking to uh said that his children get up at half past six so when he decided six o'clock was his time and they get up sometimes a bit earlier he's you know he suddenly got five minutes to himself and so he realized that you know he really did need to make it a five o'clock um uh -huh. start whereas uh, i fortunately have a daughter who uh, is a night bird she doesn't get up <laughs> getting her up for school yeah. is really hard <laughs> So uh, for me, uh, six thirty or seven, I still got plenty of time. <laughs> what sort of time yeah. do you get up? I get up at ten to seven. Right. I get up at the same time as my son because mm. I would not like it if he went out without us being around. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose that's the equivalent of the other side, the uh, the old latchkey kid, but the opposite way around. <laughs> yeah. No. I'm always up with him. Mm. And we're all night birds in my family, so yeah. it's a struggle for all of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So 
Um, sounds like lots of learning and some great resources that you've shared. Thank you. I'll certainly be going and checking them out. I like the idea of a bundle. I just like the word. It just makes you feel like there's lots Brilliant, in, in there it? to learn. <laughs> so, it's great stuff. Yeah. So what about um, any particular books or music or films or anything that you might recommend for learning or even just inspiration or enjoyment? Do you know, recently I've read a couple of books by Cheryl Stead. I don't know if I've pronounced her correctly. And um, there was an article about her this week in the Times anyway, but she wrote the book about the walk that she went on. There was a film made of it earlier this year. But all, she also did a book um, that is the answers to questions, um, <coughs> sort of agony aunt questions. Right. And for, and for a long time, she was anonymous. And the way that she answered things was so beautiful because she had real empathy with people that were going through a really hard time, really struggling with some very, very difficult um, life challenges. And it was it's particularly poignant because she's had a lot of major challenges herself in her life, and yet she was able to share and and make people feel better. It's just a beautiful read and humbling reading it and and helps you to realize that if you can really show that you understand what the other person is going through without being patronizing, it can be a real help. Mm -hmm. Oh, that sounds really interesting. We'll have to um, put the, those in the, the show notes. She said there are a couple of books that you've read. Yes, yeah. I, if you like, I'll I'll email them. Yeah, that would be lovely. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And what about music? With your music background? Oh God, I, I, <laughs> I just love I just love listening to music. Um, and I was beside myself last Thursday because Jeff Lynn from ELO was broadcasting live on Radio Two. And when I was a little girl, I come from Birmingham. An ELO comes from Birmingham, and there was a violinist who played a blue violin in the ELO, and I wanted to be that person. <laughs> I also wanted to be in the Love Temptation Orchestra with Barry White at the same age. <laughs> and did you tell me, did you learn the violin in the end? I, of course I did. I was already learning the violin. I was ready to go to Villa Park to play in the orchestra with Barry White. Oh, brilliant. I went to see Bellowhead this week, who I have never followed, but uh, my friends really liked them. And I went to see the singer um, singing with a string quartet. Uh, earlier in the year locally and just loved his voice and his style and so on so yeah we went to see Bellahead and absolutely it was just amazing and I'm gutted that it was their farewell tour <laughs> now <laughs> I've just discovered them <laughs> but, they'll come back they'll have a revival five yeah, years time. I'm hoping so but you know 11 11 musicians on the stage each of them playing most of them playing at least two instruments maybe more and singing and uh, it was just, it was, as I said to my husband, who's not so into to music, I said, you know, with that many people on the stage, it will just be interesting to watch what they're doing as well as, you know, listen, obviously. But, you know, it, it'll be interesting even if you don't really get what's going on because you'll just have so much to look at. And that was so true. So Definitely. Oh, yes. Yeah. But I just, I love listening to different styles of music. 
and of course we're coming up to Christmas and I love cheesy music yeah. as well as the more traditional music <laughs> and I have moved to the 12 days of Christmas that have become a little bit legendary that lots of people now have learnt them and are sharing <laughs> sharing those moves with more people so I don't know what you're talking about What's that? Do you know, Christmas. Yeah. On the first day of Christmas. Yeah. I all of the moves. There are these little moves that you do to the first day of Christmas. Ah. Five gold rings and you know the three falling birds. All of that stuff. Um. Yeah. It just. It's a bit (laughs) of a party. Who knew? I didn't know about that. Oh, I'm going to have to pay attention to that. I do. I do set off the Christmas carols in the house on the 1st of December because I think there's never enough time to listen to them so you've got to do it as soon as you can but I can't do it before December. (laughs) All right well I also also listen to um, the Christmas carol you know um, an audio version of that. Yes. While I'm making cakes and things like that. Um, Other music yeah I went I'm beginning to get into folk um, which is really interesting I think that the narrative about it and the way that it's shared is really interesting Mm. and um, I went to see a folk fiddle player called April Virch um, at the beginning of the month and she was over from Canada and she she collects different sorts of music um, which was brilliant and talked about the fiddle and everything and she plays the fiddle and dances at the same time which is awesome yeah and didn't fall over which I would have done um, <laughs> and she also sings but she doesn't sing and play the fiddle at the same time um, but oh, you know, well, John Bowden does in Bellahead I have to say which did impress me <laughs> Oh my and he God. danced as well at one stage oh, all three <laughs> yeah all three <laughs> Oh, I would have loved to have seen that. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. So lovely. Thank you. That, that was really, really um, inspiring uh, and, uh, and, and, and varied, which I like. I like variety. So, so what about on a day if things don't go right? How do you deal with that? Do you know, sometimes the, the whatever hits the fan, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> and, you know, when you're on the entrepreneur, There are challenges, there are things, and you think that you've hit a brick wall or you have got a very difficult client. I had a very difficult situation that was resolved last week. Um, Yeah, I will say it was two hours before we um, presented a wind-up order to the high courts and finally we were paid. and that took a lot of strength. I felt that I grew as a person for it because it would have been very easy to just back down from this bully and we were completely in the right. Yeah. And that's clearly a, a strategy that this particular company has to avoid paying. Mm-hmm. Which is un- unacceptable. And as an entrepreneur, when, particularly if you're working on your own, that's pretty tough to deal with because it's... It's part of you, the business, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Um, and I, I, what I've learned from it is that there are people out there that can support you and give you advice and perhaps do the dirty work for you because the people that I had to do the work for me are used to dealing with very, very aggressive, confrontational people. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So is that sort of, as you say, having sort of people around you, resources and, and people to support, you know, where, where you need that sort of thing? Yes. Mm. And, I and you, you know, over the years I've realised that it's okay to ask for help. Yeah. Whether it's putting something in, well, it depends the nature of the help, but, you know, putting a post up on Facebook saying, look, is there anyone that knows this? can be very, very helpful when you don't have colleagues around you or you don't have a department in your organisation that can answer those questions. You know, that there are occasions when I have just switched everything off and I've gone for a swim. Yeah. Um, or gone for a walk, gone to make a cup of coffee. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, definitely. Just removing yourself from a situation, calming down, and yeah. things always look different, don't they, later? <laughs> they do. They, they really do. Yeah, yeah. So what and about... Sorry. Nothing wrong with with something going wrong. It happens to everybody. It's It's no reflection on you, the way that you run your business, or how good you are. It's just that sometimes things happen, or... Very occasionally, there's a very naughty client. <laughs> I like that naughty client. <laughs> that helps. That's a very polite way of saying. Yes. <laughs> I think it um it sort of positions it nicely anyway when you're describing them as that because it, it puts them in their place, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, what about a day when you end the day knowing that you've had a chance to to live more, as I as I term? So, meaning you know you've done the things that you want to do rather than the things that you feel like you should do or that you have to do. What 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 will you have done? Well, say last Saturday, I had one of those days where you know I've really lived to the the limit. It was a fantastic day, and we took my son to. Um, a choir retreat so we got rid of him he was going off doing something that he really wanted to do mm -hmm. and yes he would have been with us and it would have been just as good and then we went into London and we'd managed to get at the last moment tickets for Farinelli and the King and um, we'd wanted to go and see it and there were no tickets and we kept going into the theatre no tickets and these two turned up at nine o'clock in the morning so we booked them so we went there and it was the most fantastic play with music there were live musicians there it was beautiful and then we wandered around the streets doing um, some window shopping as you do and walked all the way to the RAC club in Pall Mall where my husband had booked um, a table for us to dine in the evening in the beautiful um, 1920s ballroom which is where they have their restaurant and so we enjoyed that we we loved the food we chatted to the waiters they gave us more food they gave us more wine <laughs> <laughs> we thought you might be interested could could you taste this wine what do you think what do you now of course we're not going to turn down any alky like that <laughs> And I'm sure it was because we were interested and enjoying it. Yes. And we sort of trotted home, came back on the train, and just had a good sigh and thought, wow, that was a great day. Mm, mm. 
Lovely. And you didn't mention work once. That's brilliant. <laughs> Lovely, lovely. I like that. My husband's saying, We've worked hard, we deserve this. Yes, yeah, that's great. Lovely. Well, we've come to the end of our interview, it's uh, it's gone quick as ever. Um, so tell people how can they how they can find out more about you and connect with you. Yep, I thank you very much for that. My Full name is Susan Heaton Wright, and you can find me on LinkedIn. There are no other Susan Heaton Wrights on LinkedIn. <laughs> um, there is a Susan Heaton who I'm connected to, um, but also my website is executivevoice.co.uk. I'd be delighted to talk to you, or if you want to subscribe to my newsletter, one goes out every fortnight with lots of tips, and you know. Always happy to have a chat. But not if you're in the middle of training one of your clients. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, the mobile will be switched off then. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you so much, Susan. It's been a, a real pleasure interviewing you. Really enjoyed um, sharing uh, your your resources and thoughts and ideas and inspirational uh books and music and so on. I'm going to go and check out some of those, uh, those links uh, now. Thank you. Great. Thank you very much for having me. Joe's This is the part of the show where I do a recap of the key points of the interview, the stuff that I really liked and the apps, books, music, tips and tools that were shared. This is for you if you heard something that you want to check out but you couldn't write it down at the time. Hopefully I've got you covered. And this is the bit for the really time-pressed. You can just listen here and get the gems from the interview. But of course, I wouldn't suggest you do that and miss out on the great conversation that I had with Susan. In common with some of my other guests, Susan uses Google Calendar to plan out her time and also to time block for her tasks. She uses something called an entrepreneur's planner and uh, we actually didn't discuss which planner Sue uses, which is a, a major omission in my interview process. <laughs> um, but I do recommend the ultimate diary planner that was uh, invented by a podcast, podcast guest uh, to come who will be uh, with us next month. So um, I do recommend that one. But I've also put a link in the show notes to uh, an article about lots of different planners aimed particularly at entrepreneurs. Susan talked about Capsule CRM, which is a customer relationship management tool, which I think has been recommended before, and it's something that I also use. And she finds it really helpful for tracking what she's doing with particular clients and the relationship she's developed with them so far. And I shared a tip, which is that you can set up tracks within the tool where you can list a, a, a number of tasks that need to happen in relation to a trigger. So it might be that you've got a um, an event that you create or something that's coming that has a deadline. So I use it for uh, when I'm doing speaking engagements. I have the deadline being the date of the speaking engagement and then I've worked back from there and put in all the tasks with timings that I need to complete, like getting the slides ready and sending them to them and all that sort of thing. So I use it um, when I have a, a speaking gig come in, I click on the, the track and it automatically puts all the tasks into Capsule for me. So Susan quite liked that idea. I actually separately then use Zapier to automate those tasks into my Todoist, which is what I actually use for managing my day-to-day -day tasks. But obviously that's, you know, <laughs> extra that you may not want to do. <laughs> Susan also talked about Asana, which is a project management tool, which again, we've talked about before and is what I use to manage the podcast 
tasks um, and she says she uses that generally when she's working with other people although having heard about the track idea with capsule she was thinking she might change to just using capsule with her uh, collaborators uh, she talked about Garage Band, which is a music creation studio on a Mac. Uh, she said she uses it for proposals to clients, which I really love this idea, because particularly as she teaches speaking, uh, amongst other things. And she does a little mini podcast for them to say that she'd love to work with them and saying, you know, having work, uh, talked to you on the phone, this is what I think would be perfect for you. So she said it gives a real personalised touch to the proposal and obviously is very sort of on message given it's speaking and that's what she's going to be helping them with. So I really like that idea. Susan recommended the Female Entrepreneurs Association, uh, run by a lady called Carrie Green. She said that she loves finding out more about things, um, really interested in getting new knowledge. And apparently uh, with this membership, there's a, a membership group on Facebook and every month you get what they call a bundle and it's a topic that they're going to focus on and then you get resources and information, a webinar and so on about whatever that is. She used the example of... Uh, the, the latest one being about a membership club and then there's there's been others about creating webinars and creating systems for your business and so on so she really recommends that um, uh, female entrepreneur association and she also talked about the times reading the newspaper every morning online because she finds that there's quite often good articles in that too we then moved on to talking about books and there were a couple that susan recommended by a lady called cheryl stayed the first one called wild a journey from lost to found and she talked about um, the fact that she'd actually found that recommendation or she'd, she'd read about that book in the Times uh, anyway. And it's about a, uh, a walk that she went on across America um, that was sort of quite hard work with a, a backpack of her belongings uh, on her back. Um, and apparently there was a film made of it as well. She said it was really inspirational. And then the second book also by Cheryl Strayed. Yes, her name is Cheryl Strayed and not Cheryl Stayed. So I got that wrong when I said it at the beginning. <laughs> so uh, the second book by Cheryl Strayed is Tiny Beautiful Things, Advice on Love and Life from Someone Who's Been There. And um, Susan said that it answered questions a bit like an agony aunt um, sort of would answer questions. And uh, what she says, she says is really beautiful. She's got real empathy with people, with people, um, with people who are really struggling with some very difficult challenges. And uh, she says it's particularly poignant because Cheryl herself had a lot of, of major challenges in her life. But you know, she's able to sort of share her experiences and and her experience and, and make people feel better. And then randomly we're talking about Christmas because when we recorded this it was leading into Christmas but obviously uh, we're publishing it in uh, March. <laughs> uh, but we ended up talking about the fact that Susan likes to play an audio version of A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens while she's making Christmas cakes and, and doing sort of other Christmassy things which I thought was quite, quite nice. When we talked about music... Susan, not surprisingly, has a great interest in music as a former opera singer. And she mentioned a lady called April Virch, who's a, a folk fiddle player. And she said she uh, collects different sorts of music and talked about the, the fiddle during the performance when she went to see her. And she plays and dances at the same time, which Susan was very impressed with. Um, and she sings too, but she said she doesn't sing and play the fiddle at the same time. <laughs> um, and then when we were talking about... Uh, the sort of uh, day where Susan has lived more she was talking about having gone on a trip to London with her husband where as part of it they went to see a performance of a play called Farinelli and the King by Claire Van, Van Campen and she said it was um, the most fantastic play with music and there were live musicians there it was very beautiful 
In common with uh, all my other guests, Susan shared lots of tips for us. So uh, the first one was about taking an early morning walk. She gets up when her son gets up at 7.20 uh, and then uh, she tries to plan in before she doesn't much else um, actually going for a walk to get some energy going and she's tracking it using her, her Fit watch so she knows how many steps she's taking. She also has a 500 milliliter bottle of tap water as soon as she gets up because she feels dehydrated if she doesn't do that so uh, drinking water is important so Susan then talked about time blocking um, and she said that she finds that sometimes if she's got a proposal or a blog or she's doing her podcast and she really needs to focus that she'll switch off her her phone and all her other devices and notifications and just focus for a period of time or or you know sometimes she uses a timer uh, to actually time something for say half an hour so that she's really focused completely on on the task and, and she does that quite um uh pla- you know, in a quite planned way during the week so she will block in times for this uh, focus time to work on really big chunks of work she shared a, a story about a speaker she'd heard at a conference talking about always answering the phone wherever he is um which she said was a bit weird as she was obviously in a conference with him and i guess if the phone had rung he'd have answered it <laughs> Um, but he, you know, he was saying that if, if clients email him, he'll just pick up the phone and speak to them. And he was saying it was a game game changer that he's actually sort of taking the time to speak, and that the person thinks that he's really interested in in getting um, the work. And you know, if somebody asks for a proposal, he just gets on and does it because it's just so key. And and Susan was saying that um, while she didn't quite agree with just answering the phone any at any time. Um, that you know he he does engage with his clients very quickly and that you know the message to her and other entrepreneurs is is that the client actually getting that work is is the priority and sometimes we can get bogged down sort of doing other work and and you know deprioritize making those calls or putting those proposals in which i think is really good advice susan exercises she goes to the gym and she swims in her local uh, lido in the summer and she goes walking and goes bodyboarding when she's in Wales. Um, and she also has lots of hobbies. She likes sewing and crafts and reading and going to the cinema and the theatre and so on. And certainly uh, what really came across is that she's really packing a lot into her life. Uh, I thought I was busy, but she seems to be constantly uh, doing interesting things as well as working. So I think uh, she's definitely got some some good balance there. And then towards the end of the interview, we talked about learning from challenges. She talked about how, as an entrepreneur, there are challenges and things that uh, really sort of cause you issues. And she'd had a particularly difficult client situation just before we were bit, we were interviewing uh, where there'd been an issue with not getting an invoice paid. And she said that took a lot of strength to really follow through on that. And it, and, and she feels that it really helped her to, to grow. Uh, so, you know, sometimes there's really hard things that happen as an entrepreneur and you just have to sort of push through because they do help you to, to learn and do things differently in the future. And then she said as well, you know, there are just times when sometimes she just has to switch everything off and go for a swim or go for a walk or just sort of walk away from a situation to sort of get past that challenge because, uh, you know, sometimes you don't want to push through. Sometimes it's just about walking away until things have settled down a bit. So I thought that was really nice advice as well. And finally, to contact Susan, she said if you go to LinkedIn, her name, uh, full name, Susan Heaton Wright, H-E-A-T-O-N, and then Wright with a W, um, is she's the only one, so you can easily find her just by doing a search on LinkedIn, but obviously the link is on the show notes as well. And her website is called executivevoice.co.uk. As ever, all the show notes and links to this interview are on the website. If you go to powertolivemore.com forward slash 14, then it'll take you straight to Susan's page on the website.
use your power to live more. As ever, all this information is available on the show notes on the website, powertolivemore.com forward slash 14 in this case. If you'd like to sign up to get my weekly newsletter with more tips, strategies, ideas and tools to improve your power, you can do that on the website too. And also if you go to powertolivemore.com forward slash focus, you can download my report about how to uh, be more focused in what you're doing to increase your productivity. Again, the link for the show is powertolivemore.com forward slash 14. And we look forward to speaking to you next time. 